Welcome and thank you for tuning into Organ and the Podcast of Ology Research Group, exploring contemporary social issues via data insights and change. According to a study depicted in NPR.org on June 20th, researchers conducted an experiment where they dropped about 17,000 wallets in 40 different countries. And the wallets contained varying amounts of cash, some contact information, and other personal effects. As it turns out, while most of us think that the wallets would have been long gone, the researchers actually discovered that most wallets, especially those containing cash, were handed over to the authorities. On this episode, we'll have a conversation about our ideas on why people are leaning more towards honesty, at least in the case of this experiment. And we'll have a conversation about ethical behavior, honesty, and theft. We invite you to join our table. Let's discuss. Joining us from New York City, we have myself today, Carl. And recording from Los Angeles, we have... Hey there, Casey Shop. I mean, hey, Casey. Courtney. All right, and I will take it away. Um, I, at first, when I heard about the study, I was thinking that perhaps there could have been some bias. I know that the experiment maybe started like in Finland or something like that, or in some other country. And the first thing that I said, oh, well, there's bias because in the Scandinavian countries, they're more like... Well, I don't know if this is like a term that's often used, but they're like monocultured. And by that, I mean that they're not very diverse. So that was my first inclination. But then when they opened this up to other countries and people started dropping, you know, they started dropping wallets in other countries. And I was like, hmm, you know, maybe maybe there is some sort of aggregate kind of pattern that people, you know, if they come across any sort of like a wallet or something like that that they would um you know that they would be inclined to be honest and hand it over one thing that i don't that i don't really agree with though in the study is that um it it kind of leans more towards this concept of altruism which i don't believe in um i actually believe that you know not that this is like a very hyper pessimistic view of humanity but i think that we're all selfish by default and I don't mean that in the negative way, the negative English way, because we we associate selfishness with the bad thing. But I mean that they think of their own self-interest first before thinking of others. And I think that the the people who handed over their wallets weren't genuinely caring about the person who lost their wallet, but they were actually do, uh, handing it over to the authorities in order to evade punishment. That's what I think. What do you guys think? I'm not so sure about the punishment part because you, they're not doing a crime, but I do agree with you about the selfish perspective mindset. <clears throat> One of the arguments that the researcher said was they didn't want, they didn't see themselves as stealers, so that's why they returned it. Like they didn't, they didn't see this as theft. <clears throat> like if they took it, then they saw themselves as a, like a, a someone who stole, and they didn't like the image itself, so they returned it. Um, and the one interesting thing about the, the finding was that the more money that was left in the wallet, the more likely they were going to return it. And this is across the globe. So this really is telling about like what values we hold ourselves. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Courtney? I'm wondering if they had the IDs in the wallets too, because I'm wondering if that would be a component of it, because then it makes it a little more like humanized. But I they think they did oh, have. Oh yeah. Oh, they did. But- I think so they did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because I'm just wondering, like, based on that, if 
that biases it in some way. But I do think most people, if they pick up a wallet just because they feel it's not theirs, mm-hmm. I think they'll go ahead and do the right thing just more so because that's what they do. Unless it's entirely inconvenient to return a wallet, then I feel like people will by default not do it just based on convenience. Mm-hmm. So, let me, so let me ask you a question because I think inclusion of the id or the whatever information that that let the person who found it know that it belonged to somebody kind of Mm -hmm. made them feel some sort of obligation to return it like oh this has some identification to it so i must return it so the logic that we're talking about now is this wallet and everything that it contains belongs to someone therefore i must return it but then how is that different from just finding a hundred dollar bill on the ground and then picking it up. You, we also know that that belonged to someone. Yeah, but you can return money, you know. And when I'm looking at, I'm looking at the card now. It has another thing is that the name is in English, American, like very white sounding name. I wonder if like Mumbachi Papa something, I don't know, <laughs> like an Asian or something that might be different. But um, you know, I do have an anecdote, a story about this. This um. My friends and I were vacationing in Palm Spring, and one of my girlfriend found a wallet, and it was like a Gucci wallet, and it was expensive, like three hundred dollar Gucci wallet, and and it had they didn't have any money, but it had the ID of the person, and that's all it had, like the wallet and ID, and it was a cute wallet, and she was seriously considering of keeping it, um, and she was like. Yeah, you know, I found it. I mean, I'm going to keep it. It's, it's awesome. And the rest of us were guilt tripping her into like return it. And we're like, no, you know, this is cost a lot. The person paid a lot. You know, you should return it. It's the right thing to do. So like in that case, we guilt tripped her into return it. And she, she returned it. But um, but I mean, maybe she might have returned it. But I know for a fact that we had a lot of pressure on her returning it so let me give you a monkey wrench there's Uh a monkey wrench let's say that she found a gucci wallet and she recognized that it belonged to someone who had stolen like that was a thief or something and you know that they probably stole the wallet from someone else do you think that that would have changed the situation is that does this situation exist in real life i'm not so sure well, because it seems like, so convoluted. It, it what's of, your point for that? My my point is that we we judge the owner of this wallet based on something that we don't know. Like, oh, they're really good people. They're my, they're probably looking for it. But if you knew that that person robbed that wallet or stole it or something like that, then that might that might make the person the, the person who finds the wallet change their ethical perspective and might be like, oh well. They took it from someone else, so I, you know, this is like the universe telling me that I should have this wallet. But I think what you argue, and which is I also in some roundabout way was, it's not so much the other person, but it's more about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like what you feel is right. Are you are you worried that repercussions of not doing something? And thing like, um, and and this goes back to ethics. It's not so much what society thinks. It's really about like what you feel it's important to you. Like, um, God, I, I I don't know I forgot the words, but like, you know what I mean? Like, there's the core ethics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just 
overall, if you were going to return the wallet, you would return the wallet, to Casey's point. And if you weren't going to return the wallet, you're not going to return the wallet. I think it just depends. Like the people who decide to pick up litter if they see it on the street versus who just leaves it there. It just depends, I think, of who you are overall. But I think calling back to the money point that you said, I think the apples to apples comparison there would be if you pick it up and you say, hey, did anyone drop this? And if no one responds versus like picking it up and then just putting it in your pocket. I think there's a difference between the two scenarios. There's the one where you look for the person who might have like perchance dropped the money or the person who is like just taking it home. But I think it also matters based on your circumstance because I would say the three of us on the podcast are okay enough where if we picked up a $100 bill, we don't need it to survive versus yeah. if someone picked up the $100 bill, but they it was going to last them like a month of groceries because that's how much they eat on a day-to-day. I definitely think dependent on your situation also mm-hmm. dictates on if you pick up or keep whatever you find. Mm-hmm. So then you, you, you believe that it's more about like the person as an individual unit and how they behave by default as opposed to the contents of the wallet. Yeah, because I think Ooh. by that time, if it's either a $5 bill or a $200 bill, I think they would just do whatever they were originally going to do. Mm-hmm. But Casey, you, you had mentioned that, um, and I think you probably took a deeper dive into the study, that people were more likely to return the wallet if it had more cash in it. Mm-hmm. Right. So what is, what do you think is the justification there? Like, why would people not return the wallet if it had lower amounts of cash? Well, because if you look at the I mean, in the research, it's not just money. They had like a key that had like posted note for like food groceries. They had like the name and the contact. So it personalized the person. So I feel like um, I guess the more money it meant that the more like what Courtney is saying, like stake that they would be losing so it i i think the study is biased in that it personalized the money with the person too much if they didn't have the key if they didn't have the note card if they just have the name what how would the person return it um i think that yeah. it would increase the probability that they would keep it because exactly a, a key like when you when you find something and it's like a key, you're like, oh well, maybe somebody needs this to open something. But then, yeah. if it's like a, a clear wallet with just cash in it, then it's like, oh well, you know, this person probably, you know, they weren't paying attention and they dropped it, and I don't have enough information. He's so stupid, not my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't you guys tell that if I see a twenty on the floor, that I'll pick it up? <laughs> I think, but like, yeah, because if it's just money, there's you, and there's no way you can return it, then you can't. But with the name, um, for me, I would because actually I lost a wallet one time when I was younger, and uh, these like old couple called my mom and I picked it up, and the one thing that startled me was, oh my god, like uh, I've never in a million years would, would think that they would do it. Not that the, I saw the negative, but like just it was a surprise to me to find, you know, that they they went out of their way to help to contact me to, to return my wallet. Mm-hmm. And that, that was an experience I always remember for, you know, the, you know, forever. And I had the opportunity to do the same thing for someone else. I was in West Hollywood and the, the guy literally left his phone and his wallet just on the street and he was gone. 
and um, I couldn't unlock his phone because I didn't know his combo, but I knew his ID. So I Googled him and luckily he was kind of semi-famous. And so I was able to connect to his agent to tell him that we found his wallet and then we dropped up at a local sheriff station. And um, and then like he contacted me again later. He's like, oh my gosh, I have huge faith in humanity. Thank you so much. And da, 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 da. I was like, oh, you know, I felt really good. I'm like, oh, nice. I'm so well, yeah, and I think like that's a big driver too, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I have a quick story. So one of my coworkers lost her wallet, and it was one of those where it's like the phone is like the wallet where you put your your credit cards mm-hmm. in it and your cash and yeah. all that stuff. Uh-huh. And she lost it on the subway, which is different than like dropping it on the street, right? So she uh-huh. lost it on the subway. It's like the thing that you lose your wallet and moves. So it's like <laughs> you know it it like leaves. So then um, she had lost it in, um, at the, in the train and she was freaking out and she was really sad and stuff like that. And I said, just go to the, to the station manager. Somebody probably returned it. And then she was like, oh, well, this is New York City. I don't think so. You know, whatever. And then I got like a, like a little lecture about, you know, me being raised in South Florida <laughs> and how in New York things are different. And then I'm like, you know, I, I was thinking statistically. I'm like, okay. You're riding on the subway between 7 and 9 a.m., right? Uh-huh. The people who are more likely to take these are people who are going to go to work and people who would probably be more likely to return it because they don't really need what you what you have in there. So just go to the station manager and see. And she was like freaking out and, and she's calling her relatives and starting to cancel her cards. And instead of just going to the station manager, and I said, just go there. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's like right here. Just go and talk to them. And when she went, somebody had returned it exactly wow so now let me ask the group this right that that kind of like feeling of guilt of like maybe picking up something like that gucci wallet and you know maybe has a lot of money in it or whatever like that guilt that you feel when you consider keeping it and that feel good feeling that you feel when you return it do you think that that's taught or do you think that humans just behave like that by default Uh, I think it's taught because I think, again, back to the circumstance points, it depends on how much you need it or you need to do something or what your point of view on something would be. But that's my opinion. Casey? Um, I think it's a mix of both because in the end, it's about ethics and morality and how can you live with yourself knowing that you did that. And as much as we, you know, are driven by... Um, rewards and punishment and fear of judgment from others, I think in the end, um, it's just the right thing to do. And most of us know what's right and wrong. And here's another argument. Locks are made, are not made for good. I mean, my friend used to say this is really good. <laughs> we say like, locks are not made, locks are made for good people. That is, if you really want to invade my house, you're going to figure a way to get in. Like most people are, you know, 99.99.99% of people just want to live a good life, just be kind, just make sure the family are raised right. They don't kill each other, you know? They're just trying to be good human beings. And I think that's what I'm missing in a larger context. Everyone is a good human being and we try to do the best we can. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, ideally, ideally, yes, but I do still think that, like, I don't know, I, I, I can simplify the human as doing two things, navigating life, avoiding pain, and seeking pleasure, right? Seeking gains and trying to avoid losses over, like, nobody likes losing things and being in pain. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if that's maybe like a pessimistic view on people, but I don't believe in altruism. I even I think that even altruistic people fe- feel that their altruistic actions result in some gain. Um, and I don't remember, maybe this was like an Ayn Rand kind of thing, or um, I don't remember where I read it, but it was saying that like even Mother Teresa, who was supposed to be like the most altruistic person on the planet, was selfish in the sense that she did her the things that she did because her gain was like the afterlife and the points that she was going to earn in heaven. You know what I mean? So then there Absolutely. was Absolutely. So but, like but selfish and altruism are not necessarily opposites. I think when I think you're thinking of altruistic being way too confined in this idea of like selfless because you can be selfless and selfish at the same time. I mean, I would say the Dalai Lama is the biggest selfish person ever and he said that too. Because yourself, you're finding it's self-care, I think, in the end. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I agree with what you were saying earlier. Like, our society um, brainwashed into thinking that selfish is bad, mm-hmm. you know, when it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you believe the humans are fundamentally good? Like, deep down... Do they believe that we're good? That depends on how they define good, but I think they think they're good. <laughs> right? Because in some cultures, right, like, it's justifiable to kill people because there's a greater cause, right? So for them, they're doing good, but in another culture or in another setting or in another state of mind, it's wrong to kill anybody, period. So, you know, what you perceive to be good can be modified, I guess. I don't see any culture that justifies death of being good. I I can't think of one right now. That what justifies death Death of others as being a good thing? Oh, oh, oh. Well, no, not not any countries, but I can tell you, like, like, um, if we think, like, Lucifer effect, right? Like, a soldier Mm -hmm. in any army fighting will be like the greater cause is that I'm supporting my country. Right? But outside of that setting, the morals could change. Hmm. Mm. Deep. You've silenced Casey, which is a hard thing to do. And he's not Googling. In in another episode, he'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he truly is tired today. <laughs> broken. Well, it reminded me of my gang research because a lot of participants interviewed killed people and they went to jail for it. Mm-hmm. And when I see them now as adults, like fully realized human beings, I could never imagine them doing what they said they did. Because like they became such different people, um, so it was it's really interesting hearing the conversation about evil and good. Because in the end, like for them, it was about like a personal journey. 
Because, I mean, like, I don't think killing is evil. In the sense... No, it sounds wrong. I, I want to say that... Um, I don't know if evil is a... Oh my gosh, I don't know how to say this. Like, I yeah, I feel like evil is relative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, even even like when you were talking about killing, there's kind of like a like a gradient of like when people mm-hmm. will say like they'll say absolutely not to maybe to yes, why not, right? Like killing yeah. another person, no, absolutely no, that's totally wrong. Uh, okay, so then you go down a, a dog, no, absolutely not. A cat, no. A rat, maybe, right? If there's an infestation, a cockroach, yeah, why not, right? So then it's uh-huh. like, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I don't want to associate animals with people or anything like that, but it's kind of like the, you know, the act of ta- of removing something that's living off of the earth, off the face of the earth. Plus, we don't all, I mean, it's not the end. I don't believe that death is a finality. And, and in the end, it's like, I think, like what Shakespeare says, the world is a stage in which is actors playing a role. In the end, you know, we'll recycle. We'll go back to the source. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. God, Carl, thanks for talking about death. Well, I have a, I have <laughs> a, I have a very like existentialist slash biological hypothesis on what we are on Earth. Creatures uh, of God? I think that we are all ribosomes floating around in the cytoplasm of Earth. Oh, you paint the most romantic image possible. Our purpose, <laughs> no our purpose is to breathe out carbon dioxide. That's it. Give love. Carb love. Oh my. What do you think, Courtney? Uh, I think it's hard because I've met people with differing views and I think the finality of it is more like the decision after that is more of a conscious decision to make yourself feel better than maybe in absolute truth. Like I can go both ways. I think I choose to prefer that there is a heaven or a life after because to me it seems entirely scary if that were not true. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more of a personal decision and I think finding the even neutral ground to kind of like make it even across and then not judge people for either like opinion mm-hmm. is something that people struggle with on a day to day. But I do think that could contribute to how they function, because if they think there is an afterlife, then I can see maybe why they act a certain way versus if this is it. It could either be one. All right. This is the only life I live. Let's get let's contribute the most I can or two. This is the only life I live. Just let everything burn. Whatever happens after I die, it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's dependent on probably how they're raised and like all the other contributing factors of what they've had to experience like throughout life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're now at the twenty-three minute mark. Do you guys want to take turns asking bottom line questions? Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So, Courtney, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I can kick that off. Um, my question would be if you found a money clip with an expired ID on it on the middle of the street, what would you do? Casey. Ooh, because I don't have money there. I'll probably keep it. 
Wait, but the money clip. Money's not involved. So. Wait, but you said no. I'm... There's a it's a money clip. There's, so there's money inside of the money clip, Casey. You don't just oh oh, just oh oh oh. It's not just a clip. No. no. <laughs> I guess I try to find and return it, since most people do. <laughs> Carl, I would return it because um, I'm not a cop. So whether or not whether it's expired or not doesn't really matter, but. It kind of makes the money be associated with somebody. Mm. It'd be different if there was no ID, though. Fair. Uh, I would probably give it to my cop friend so he could return it because I don't want to drive to the police station in the middle of traffic. But that's just... <laughs> okay. <gasps> Who's next? Casey? Okay, my question is, do you think ethics is real? Yes. Why are why? You mean like people having a moral compass? Yeah. I would say yes because I think it grounds you in terms of determining what you would do. I do think that whatever grounds you can change over time, but I do think everyone has a particular guiding light that dictates what they do on a day to day. And I think that ethics is uh, the variable that's most important when it comes to ethics is time. And I think that ethics is as content is it always is always among the contemporary, because if we think about what was considered to be ethical behavior 50 or 100 years ago, it's not the same as now. Right. Like, you know, I, I heard somewhere that um, recently in New York City, it's not illegal anymore to pee in public. So like to pee on the sidewalk and stuff. And, you know, like, yeah, we, we all kind of made faces, right? Because our ethics, right, tell us that it's not okay to do it. But over time, we'll have a generation that grows up saying, you can pee on the sidewalk and it's okay. Whereas 20 years ago, if you did that, you can get arrested. That's indecent exposure. So I think ethics is always kind of like at the at the very front. And it kind of dictates what's wrong, what's right and wrong to the modern. But I don't think ethics is static. Uh, I don't think ethics is real because uh, there's so many philosophers on ethics that obviously there's a lot of perspectives. So for me, it's socially constructed. So that means like it's dependent on the time what people believe. So if that's the case, then I don't really think there's such thing as ethics. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just a, I would say it's a trending ethic. Oh, trending. It's a trend, not ethic. Do you think? Well, I'm saying like ethics evolve with the times to your point, but I think what you would call it is the ethics of the group. Mm-hmm. But it might just be definitions. Okay, sorry. Carl! Okay. And my question is just uh, considering our current time, what are some things that in our near future you think are going to change when it comes to ethical behavior? And some things that I think I'm thinking about is like, for example, um like sequencing your dna which is kind of like a hot topic in a way because if you sequence your dna then insurance companies might be able to discriminate or not want to cover you because you have a high probability of getting certain diseases let's say but i think over time it will become acceptable and part of routine care oh i think that's a great example i also think relationships is another thing that's going to be changing 
like us being in a monogamous relationship, I think that's going to all change to be polygamous or open relationships. I mean, it's already very prevalent in the gay community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, the idea that you need to settle is also changing. Um, so, and I don't know if it's good or not, because, like, my conservative mind's like, oh, that's bad. I want, like, a made for life. But then I can see how an old way of thinking is actually just as damaging as a new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say... At least it seems like it because there's so much variety and distrust to a certain thing, like a certain extent that the fact that the church is the foundation of all the things, which is probably going to be controversial as I say this, but will probably not have as strong as an influence as we've seen it. Because I think at least it seems like there's starting to be a shift in terms of acceptance and differences. Mm -hmm. And I think with the Internet, it makes everything more readily available so you can research and learn and determine like different things versus having to follow what you grew up with, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is just been the defaulted approach for so long. Right. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for that awesome conversation. And now we'd like to turn to our listeners. What do you think? Are there any ideas for what you'd like to hear on the show? Make sure to drop us a line at info.ologyresearchgroup.org and also check out our website to learn about our awesome services. If you're interested in donating to our cause, Ology is an IRS 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all donations are tax deductible. Until next time.